Honestly, that performance is what got me through the last leg of the whole thing. Like I knew I had community, but this is like another thing. Howdy and welcome to Dance Bands. I'm your host and who am I? I'm a descendant of the Arcturian race and I've come down on earth for this last incarnation to help the planet move into a new world. And today I'm here with Kira Holland. Kira is a freelance movement artist who grew up on the Gold Coast, moving to Sydney in 2016 to continue her training. Since moving, she has worked, trained, and been most influenced by artists such as Rob McLean, Lucy Doherty, Alice Robinson, Larkin Poynton, and Chris Martin. She has worked for music artists Mokhtar, Elizabeth Fader, and Jacob Lee on their music videos and done various stage performances with One Dance Collective. Her most recent work in progress has been inspired by mediums such as poetry, philosophy, and dance on film. Her aim has always been to create and connect, putting feeling first, which has led to being part of the community at large. Please welcome Kira Holland. <laughs> Is it like Kira or Kira? Oh, Because it's depends spelled you're like from. short. I sound really weird when I say my name. I say Kira. Oh, yeah, it's Kira. Like e, That's it's what I'd say. It, and that is how I did say it. Yeah, great. You were good both times. So <laughs> here we are. And today I'm wearing a cowboy hat in homage to you because cowboy hats remind me of you fuck yeah <laughs> yeah and also i was gonna do a cowboy solo at your um you little show but then i <laughs> i just consulted a bunch of other people at the event and i realized it was not the appropriate time no i would have loved that. to do that solo i would have loved that so yeah. much i'm glad you're wearing the hat now but I anyway like... i'm wearing the hat so <laughs> Here we are. And it's been months and months since I made a dance dance. Life gets the better of you sometimes. But here we are and we're working our way up to have more and more and more. And there's no one I'd rather interview than you. Honestly, literally. Fuck yeah. You can so pull excited. me out of this hole and I'm so keen. Do you want yeah. a hat as well? Because I've got one. Oh, yeah. I'm so excited. Oh, yeah, shut up. This is amazing. <laughs> But you look good in that. That one makes my head look weird. Oh, see, I've had a weird relationships with relationships, relationship <laughs> with cowboy hats since I don't have hair. My yeah. head is very small. So they all just kind of like sink to my brows. And yeah, it looked like you had a good time shaving your head. Oh, so much fun. I yeah. love it. There I was don't... nothing bad about it for you. Were you scared before you did it? I didn't really have a choice. So it was kind of like do it or yeah. have patchy Fuck. hair until you got no hair. So it was fine. I was really um, attached to my hair as like identity as a lot of people are. True. So shaving it was a bit of an ego death in a way. It was Sick. really fun. I'd probably have a little mullet moment by now if I didn't keep shaving it in yeah, lockdown. So right. that was, I just like it short now. Yeah, you rock it. <laughs> Thank it you. you heaps. Because it's been so long, I actually stumbled upon my original notes. No way. And it's even got like extra questions that I never asked. And so we're going to like an old version of yeah, nah. <laughs> so have you ever stolen something? Yeah. Can you speak another language? Nah. Can you sing? Nah. Do you have an enemy? Not that I'm aware of. Probably. <laughs> you play a musical instrument? Poorly. What? Guitar. Do you want to be famous? Nah. Ballet or jazz? Oh, ballet. True. Mm. People say it like that, that I would never have thought you would say ballet. Really? Yeah. Why? I Ballet's where I started. I did ballet um, up until I was like 17. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And then I realised it was really toxic and I stopped. <laughs> right, yeah. Ha-ha. Little did you know that it's just toxic as everywhere. toxic everywhere. <laughs> oh. Wiggles or high five? Oh, Wiggles. Wiggles. The, um, who is it? Murray. Murray Wiggle lives Murray in dude. the inner west. I see him everywhere. I dated his son. You did not. <laughs> I did. I've, I've been in the house. There is a shoe room and an aria. There's an aria no. in the house. Oh, I thought you were going to say an aria room. <laughs> no, no, no. There are multiple arias though. I can okay. attest to that. Anyway, <laughs> strict teacher or chill teacher? I have opinions on this. Strict. Nice. Mm. Me too. Mm. Mm -hmm. What's your opinions? I think ballet really taught me to just respect my art form. And I think yeah. not that having a chill teacher doesn't make you respect your art form. That's not it. But I think... 
I just really grew a lot more from having a strict teacher, I mm. found. Like I grew really fast from having a strict teacher because I yeah. just wanted to like do it all right all the time. Yeah. Big show or intimate informal showing? Intimate informal. Matt Corby at Splendor or Carol's in the domain? Splendor. Oh, also since the last dance bands, Matt Corby was doing something called Winter in the Domain. What? And I believe that that is uh, my divine manifestation. <laughs> Beginner tap or advanced tap? Am I the one doing said tap? Yes, you're doing the tap. Um, Why is that confusing? Well, I don't know. I wouldn't want to watch a beginner tap. I'd want to watch an advanced <laughs> one, but I haven't tapped right, in I like guess five years. So it's because I like just asked you about a show yeah. twice. You're the third person to be like, am I the tapper? And I'm like, obviously you're the tapper. <laughs> um, advanced. Advanced. Tap. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. But I haven't tapped in many years, so I want to be bad at it. fuck. That's sick. I I'm like jealous. being bad at be things in classes. I like being bad until I like I'm that good. too, eh? Yeah. Yeah, dude, you should try popping if you want to feel bad. <laughs> I'm so scared to go into a popping class because yeah. I'll look like a fucking Bambi. But it'll be so fun. It's I admire so good it so like, much. Yeah. Newtown Popping is, gets the Dance Bands Award of the year. When I do Dance Bands Awards, I will give it to Newtown Popping because they hold it down for the community, especially in Zoom as well. Best, yeah. best teachers ever, man. That Shout like out to most... Jack and Keanu. Shout out Jack and Keanu. I'm yeah. going to come and I'm going to look like a Bambi. <laughs> but not big shout outs to Jack because every time I ask him to come on this podcast, he says no. <laughs> he says it's not for him. Maybe he has to come on to accept the award. Yeah, dude. Yeah or nah? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, fuck. I forgot to ask you the three big questions. Oh, go. So, oh, fuck. I forgot to ask you the three big questions. Oh, go. So, what do you reckon? I reckon Dance Pants is back, baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sick, I reckon. Have you ever shat yourself? <laughs> yeah. How? No, I was in, I think I was in hospital actually. Wow, this is like a little TMI, but we were trying to get me to shit. Because I was. <laughs> I love <laughs> Wait, the, the image that comes into my head when you say we were trying, is that like in a general time frame of you hadn't shat in a while? Mm. No, it had been like 10 days and <gasps> I was in heaps of pain. Oh, fuck. And then it was just like a bunch of that. Had and you then, been eating? Not really. Mm. Yeah, it was like the beginning of everything. Ended up in hospital for it. For not shitting. Yeah. It was so embarrassing. Fuck. <laughs> and then how did they get you to shit yourself? Um, <laughs> they gave me an enema. Oh. Oh. Is that when someone else, you get someone else's shit put in you? <laughs> Dude, that exists. <laughs> no. You can get a shit you transplant. Can. You can. No, no. It was, I had plenty of shit, but it just wasn't coming out because I was taking heaps of like meds that were making me not go. And right. then um, they gave me like this little tube of jelly up my ass mm. <laughs> and then it like just makes you go but out of nowhere so I oh. think I, I shit myself before I made it to the toilet <laughs> True. I was like severely constipated Fuck. it was fucking awful yeah right. it took two or three and then it just came wow okay so yeah I have well damn that's a really interesting answer to that question <laughs> no one's told me that I feel like before. nobody's had that but that's answer. sick I'm glad you got it out me too. In the end. I couldn't have gone another day. You well, question number three, yeah. are you afraid of dying? Fuck no. No? <laughs> no. Oh, shit. Let's hear it. Oh, man. I think when you get faced with death, it's like one of those things that you really think about a lot. Mm. And I saw a lot of death at the time that I was meditating right. on my own death. And I think just watching End of Life kind of made me like not fear it. Oh, it's so exciting to talk to you because you're really a person that has looked at death. Mm. Were you visited by any aliens or Jesus? I think when I was meditating, I felt like a presence and I felt I had like like a higher spirit or like a, a guardian angel, but nah, not mm. aliens or Jesus. So you're not afraid of dying, hey? Why? thinking back on when I was like meditating on it a lot I don't think about it much anymore but I think death has been like a theme 
for me since I was like late teenager. True. I think just like thought about it a lot. I think if I was to have not made it in the last year, I would have been fine with how I've lived. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So you think about it more in the context of like not having gotten enough done type of thing. In a way, but also like fear of dying in terms of like how it's going to happen isn't something I really am afraid of because I feel like, I don't know, I was more fearful of dying from my cancer than I was like being hit by a car because I feel like long suffering is yeah like for sure hard to endure. But I mm. feel like I suffered for so long and didn't die that I'm like, even if it was another suffering situation, I've endured it already. So it's like not yeah. my first time enduring suffering for yeah. an extended period of time. Nothing really scares me anymore. Yeah, damn. Oh, I know the question that came into my head. Yeah, sure. Because you mentioned, because um, God, right? You mentioned that you got a lot of messages and quote, maybe you didn't even say the word prayers, but thoughts and mm. like intentions from people sent towards you yeah. while you were in hospital I guess yeah and you said that that had some kind of impact like yeah do you think that there's something about that I'm like a personality or a person who is highly sensitive so I think when energy is off I feel it being off and when energy mm. is like when energy whoa <laughs> when energy is like directed at me I feel it also so mm. I think when I was like super vulnerable and super like not well, it was almost easier for me to feel energy because it was like I needed it. Like I needed that like positive top up of like yeah. people around. And I had people visit heaps and look after like fuck the people that came and looked after me, the, the G's. They were so good. Like they just gave me what I needed every time they came without knowing. So like messages of support kind of right. like hit the same as people physically being there when I was like really, mm. really weak. Yeah. yeah, why do messages help? Because you'd imagine that they wouldn't. Yeah, I think like like I've spoken to other people about it that have like gone through it and sometimes being like, fuck yeah, you're so strong. You just kind of want to, you don't want to hear it mm. in those sort of messages, but messages that are like tailored and just to know that someone's thinking of you is really nice because I think when yeah. you go through something like that, you feel very alone because it's like, not a lot of people our age go through shit like that. Yeah. Um, so it's hard to feel like you can relate to anyone and it's like very isolating, especially yeah, in a time where we were all isolated. Like I was going yes. through this in the middle of COVID. Yeah. Maybe we should set the context. What happened to you? Oh, shit. Sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> at the end of the, today's the 17th. Yeah. So 17th. on the 19th of November last oh, year, fuck. I was diagnosed with... Wow. Um, Stage three Hodgkin's lymphoma. Okay. And that's a blood cancer. It wasn't terminal and it's one of the ones that like you can, apparently it's like if you want to get, if you want to get it, if you get it, you want to get this one. So I was right. very lucky that it wasn't like, there wasn't a huge chance of me dying, but I was also around people that did die from it. So it was wow. one of those interesting um Wow. Like you become the statistic, but you don't want to be like the statistic of the statistic. Yeah. If that makes yeah. sense. How did you get to a point of being diagnosed? What were you feeling like? And um, I just had really, I had really bad hay fever in like October. Um, yeah. And it was around my best friend's birthday. And I was like, I just remember it because I was sick on his birthday weekend. And I was like, damn, this fucking sucks. I never get hay fever. And my like lymph nodes swelled up and I went to the doctor and I was like, oh, these ones are pretty big. But then I've also got this like random one on my collarbone. And he was like, eh, it's not great. Let's go like sort it. So then I biopsied it and did a bunch of tests. And then it was like a month of random testing. And I didn't Jeez. tell my parents for a really long time. Wow. Sorry, mom and dad. <laughs> um, shout out to my dad. It's my dad's birthday today. He happy won't birthday, watch this, but happy birthday, Mr. dad. Holland. <laughs> <laughs> I got the call like in the middle of a work day at my old job. I got a really good relationship with my GP and he was like, come bring a friend. And I was like, oh, damn. Oh, shit. <laughs> and like I kind man. of felt like I was so in tune with my body and it sounds so fucking wanky to say. Yeah. But I like knew. Yeah. Like right. everyone was like, no, it's benign or no, nah, there's nothing wrong. Or like, you, you know, surely you're not. Oh, my God. Like you don't look sick. You're fine. 
And I was like, no, <laughs> like for sure oh it's not, God. it's not like nothing. Um, so when he told me, he was like, go, <laughs> I bought my work friend. She like stopped what she was doing and came with me. So essentially like the whole business had to close because the two of us just <laughs> fucked off to the GP <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for the day. And then he was like, yep, told me what was up and uh, I needed to go straight to the hospital, <gasps> but I didn't. I went swimming instead. I was like, fuck it, it's not going anywhere. So yeah. <laughs> I like called um, my best friend Lorcan and we drove down to Gordon's. Nice. He was at work and he also left work that day and was oh, like, shit, dude. let's go process. So we swam out into the middle of Gordon's Bay and we're very dramatic and we just like screamed out into the abyss. And mm. I love swimming because I feel insignificant. So it was like yeah. a moment where I felt like the whole fucking universe was crashing down. I just like wanted to feel little. Yeah. So I swam out into the middle of it with Lorcan and we just like released. And then Damn. sat till sunset and like figured it out. It was shit. And then I went to the hospital like I think two or three days later. Wow, okay. <laughs> so I was just like a little bit in shock and like didn't know how to deal with it. Wow. So then I told my parents, oh yeah, how did it get here? I was talking to my parents because I wanted to have like all of the things in place. Mm. I wanted to like know where I was getting treatment. I wanted to know what the odds were, like all of the hard shit that you'd want to be able yeah. to tell your parents because I think mum was like, you're moving home and my home is on yeah. the Gold Coast. Um, so across the border. And I think with something like this, you just want to like, as far as what I was told, you want to keep as much normalcy as possible. So right. me moving home would have like shifted a whole nother layer of like feeling yeah. like things weren't normal. Because I've been here for like nearly six years. So yep. it would have felt really strange, I think. Weird. Yeah. Wow. Fuck. Um, That's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> yeah. How did you, how did your body react when he told you the words i have this thing where i go really red and yeah. i get like little stress rashes i think on yeah. my neck when i'm like either like uncomfortable or um embarrassed or yeah. like just any kind of reaction or like sometimes in conflict and i think i went bright red and he was like oh. yeah. <laughs> he didn't ask if i was okay obviously i wasn't okay but i think and then i just started crying and then i was like yeah kind of like dissociated from it a little bit yeah. and then i was like okay how do we like go about treating it yeah and then how does it work like finding a place to go and and like money they pretty much do it all for you in terms of like right. where you're getting treated so do you have to pay for that partially yeah right yeah so it was like all of my treatment i'm so lucky here like the constant thought was like it was hard not to go through the experience without gratitude because it was like if i was to have mm. gone through this anywhere else in the world yeah. without medicare Oh, my God. Right. Like a singular blood test, if you don't have Medicare, is like potentially factually incorrect here, but about $200. Right. And I was having a blood test like twice or three times a week. Wow. Yeah. And then when I was really sick every day. Ooh. So I'm like, fuck, even just that alone would have sent you broke. Um, so, yeah, most of the treatment was covered. But then like I had to take a year off work. Like, that was a choice. Some people work through it, but I don't know how the fuck you'd work through it. Yeah. It was awful. Yeah. Some of it's not covered, but most wow. of it is. Okay. First, I want to ask about the physical mm. experience because what was it like in your body? So the doctor jokes about it being poison, but it's literal poison. Mm. So it's, like, very uncomfortable. I went through two different types of chemo. So the first one didn't do what it was supposed to and it didn't shrink it enough. So right. like the point of chemo is to shrink your tumours but also in the process of shrinking tumours, it's killing basically any new regenerating cells it kills at the time. That's the word, okay. regenerating. Nice. Got That's it. a hard word. Got it. So because it was a blood cancer, it's like the blood is like your life force really. So I just went down to like nothing because it was oh. shrinking the chemo but it was also like I had no immunity barrier against anything so just like yeah. to counter that I was on heaps of medication I think at one point I was counting I was on like 20 pills a day wow on top of my chemo every seven days so then it wasn't working and that was already fucking me up that was supposed to be like yeah. the gentle one so he yeah. opted he was like we can go straight into the harsh one or we can start with the gentle one and see how it yeah. goes and I was like obviously we'll start with the gentle one <laughs> I don't yeah. want to like flatten myself if this is going to be like a six to nine month thing yeah. um I want to have like some normalcy in my life I want to be able to like still go out and see people or yeah. like 
I don't know, dance. That was a bit ambitious, but right. potentially work. Like I just wanted to like keep my life, mm. obviously knowing it was going to be in like spikes of energy. Yeah. But I just wanted to like keep my life as normal as I could. Mm. Um, didn't work as well as it should have. So then I got the, they call it the German one. Um, and one of the components of that really fucked me. So I was just like flattened. And that's why I ended up in hospital for the last round because it just like really reduced me to like nothing. So my body was yeah. weak. I lost like 13 kilos and I'm already not very heavy. So like losing that much mass just made me really weak. Yeah. Um, and then mentally really weak as well because I consider myself quite a strong person but – it just like really tested that, yeah. Do you feel nauseous all the time? Yeah, it's like a constant state of lethargy. Hmm. It's like nausea and lethargy. Could you sleep? Nah, I had heaps of CBD oil though and that really helped. Oh shit, that's interesting. Mm, it's the best. It worked for everything. I yeah. had mine laced okay. with THC though because... Nice. Yeah, without the psychoactive elements. Yeah. So I wasn't like having crazy trips while I was doing it. Were you having it. dreams, like crazy dreams at the time? When I wasn't taking it, yeah. But when I was taking it, I was just sleeping good. Because sleeping was hard because of like I was on a bunch of steroids and I could just constantly like feel my heart. So sleeping was really Whoa. hard. Mental journey. Vulnerability. Mm. Yeah. I love vulnerability. And I don't talk about it very often. Every time I think about it, which is not often, mm. I think I should think about it more so yeah. tell me what you think about vulnerability yeah cancer makes you like the most vulnerable and it's not voluntary mm -hmm. like you just become folk and and yeah. people would treat you differently too I was lucky because I feel like I'm really in a community with one where vulnerability mm. is like our bread and butter like yeah. what we do is really honest and open and like we talk a lot so it shout was, outs to one dance. Yeah, shout outs to Robin one dance. Lucy. So I think it was easy for me to be vulnerable with it. But also on the flip of that, I hate accepting help. I'm like, mm. I'm one of the people that needs to be giving as like part of my love language. I don't actually remember what I said at my event, but I said something yeah. about that. And it was more so just mm. to like let everyone know that I'm shit at receiving and right. I don't like asking for help. And I think mm. that's come from like moving here when I was really young, having to feel yeah. like I had to do everything on my own. So it's kind of like a learned thing, but also, yeah, I'm just bad at like receiving, but good at being vulnerable, I guess. What did you learn? Holy fuck. Okay, controversial potentially, but I think suffering is our greatest teacher. Yeah. Yeah, I think suffering is necessary. And I think you don't understand the depths of what you can endure or give without it. Whether that's uh -huh. being a passenger and someone else's suffering. Because I ask people this all the time that have been through it with me like quite closely. Yeah. Like what they took from it. Mm. And it's really beautiful. I think if anything, like the kind of person that I am, like I like that I was a vessel for someone else's learning that makes me feel like what I went through had meaning not even just for myself because like I'm always going to be learning but I like that I could potentially offer perspective or lessons or deepening to other people's lives yeah. from what I went through right and from like their involvement and they're like selfness selflessness very good <laughs> <laughs> I feel that did you go crazy that's what mm. I wanted to ask you about did you go crazy? Depends what you ask. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't think so. I think I definitely lost a lot of myself, but I think I lost the fun parts. So I think I just felt like I was in survival mode for a long time. Mm. Yeah. What helps you survive? Zooper dupers. True. I had heaps of them. Did you get like more into spirituality or like turned off? like new agey shit and like chakras and I think I was a little bit turned off it to be honest because mm. I think I had some really controversial opinions surrounding why I got sick thrown at me from quite spiritual people oh yeah um oh my god who has the balls <laughs> to throw those kind of opinions at yeah you? like what 
yeah, just being like, oh, you haven't dealt with your past trauma, which is why you've got a tumor on your chest. Mm. Or, you know, you're not, you know, you potentially like dealing with heartbreak. So that's why this is manifesting here. Or like, you're not mm. opening your chakra in your throat to speak. Right. So you've got fucking tumors manifesting yeah. there. And then give me examples of people who have like been through random shit and then get breast cancer. I'm like, can you please like refrain from projecting that view? Yeah. Because like fair and I have a huge I think it's hard like coming from doing so much work and being like so in tune with your body. Mm. I believe there is a place for that, but I just also don't believe telling someone who's been freshly diagnosed, that's like why they're diagnosed. Yeah, that's it's a problem. Balls. Yeah. I kind of, I'm not like hugely off it and I don't believe there's no truth to it because mm. I feel like your body does hold energy in places that you are holding emotion. Yeah. But I don't think it can manifest into like... <laughs> The science behind why things like that grow. Well, yeah, especially at such a young age. And yeah. with like a, I mean, unless you were severely traumatized. I was something At that like point, that, I hadn't you know, been through something like that. Hugely you know? traumatic, luckily, mm. up until. I'm, I'm like, I'm 25. I'm not super young, but I'm yeah. still like not old. And or, yeah, I don't feel like I'm old enough to have like collective trauma in like one part of my body that would yeah grow into that I think I just kind of went a little bit more like into problem solving and at the time problem solving was medicine mm. but yeah spirituality had its place like I definitely turned to because I felt very like angry at my body yeah and quite like detached mm. so I didn't feel like meditating but at the same time like forced myself to sometimes just yeah. like check in with how I was feeling and like be with wow. myself with that god it's such problem solving because it's like your body is the thing that heals itself, but it's also yeah. the thing that made itself sick and yeah. like, fuck. Yeah, fully. That's so annoying. We have absolutely no fucking control over it. You can only control yeah. how you handle it. And I think, I can say it with my chest, I think I did well. Nice. What's the lifestyle like in the hospital? <laughs> so fucked. <laughs> yeah, like you get your own room, right? No. And, oh, no. Nah, like what, I did for a little bit, like when I was really sick and like at risk of getting even sicker, I was in like my own isolated room mm. and people could come visit sometimes. Um, but at the end, I was just in a ward with other people, like other women that were really sick of different ages. Wow. Yeah, it was pretty awful because you were just wow. listening to people like go through it. The whole time. Shit, man. <laughs> I would have been the worst person to room with because I was fucking crying over my ex the whole time. <laughs> so I'm like getting pumped with chemo and just fucking crying. <laughs> I would have been the worst. <laughs> shout out. Shout out to my ex. So one dance. Oh, my God. Talk about that because I saw – like obviously only just over social media but mm. it really looked like that was a big part of your life at the time and yeah. that, what a perfect place for you to be um I'm so lucky and I've said this countless times yeah. to have a family like them yeah like my family's not here and I think regardless of whether this happened or not like we are a big family and it's yeah. just yeah just turned into that over time because of like the nature of how we are like we're a very vulnerable and like connected group mm. um from everywhere like we all come from different parts of australia i guess sick so, so really i nice. should explain i actually haven't talked about one dance or yeah. on podcast so one dance is like an initiative by rob mclean and lucy doherty how would you explain it it's like a program that happens like once a week mm. where you guys just kick it. Pretty much. Started off as just like developments and then moved into something that we did every week. And now we've got more of a focus, like we've launched some small projects as part of one. Um, like One Dance Company is now like where yeah. we're going with it. So we want to turn it further into... Um, would they classify it as projects. a style, like contempt? I think about this Fusion a lot. Modern hip hop. <laughs> yes. Is hip hop even a, an appropriate? Do people use that word anymore? I have no idea. I really don't know how to word what it is. 
street stylized stylistically right yeah we've kind of like through our developments and like just spending time together it's kind of just like a giant fused style of yeah everyone a lot of improv right so and much a lot of like so much yeah partnery kind of yeah work. yeah so it kind of like takes disciplines or like little things from each discipline that we all have done mm. And kind of like fused into something that feels really honest. Nice. Yeah. Sick. Lots of connect. Like if you were to like base it off what we do, it's like connection and storytelling and honesty as like a core and then like movement on top of that. Yeah. But it's like those things first. So how did your relationship with dance change as you got back into it after that big break? Oh, it was so nice to come back. I think I um, needed the space. I think I just needed a break from it. Because I was feeling a little bit stale with like what I had to offer the space. And I think when that happens, it's like almost more detrimental to stay in it than to just pull yourself out. Because I'm responsible for my energy. And if I go into a room and it's fucked, then you don't want to be a part of that room. What was your relationship or like what? what were you doing with dance at the time? Because I remember just seeing you around at some classes here Mm. and there, but I didn't see you that much. Yeah, I wasn't really like big on the open class scene at the time. I think I was just like living a really full normie life. And I had a lot of stuff going on, like just scheduling was really gnarly and I just don't think I made enough time for it. Mm. Um, And I was also really energetically aware of like what classes I did and didn't want to be a part Mm. of. And, like, a lot of the commercial scene I just didn't fuck with at the time. Yeah. I felt really difficult being in certain classes. Like, I'd come out of it feeling flatter than yeah, when I went in. Fully. And that's, like, yeah, yeah. I'd never want to come out of a class and feel like that. Yeah. So I just took a break, I guess. And then I was just really, like, choosy with where I went and, mm-hmm. like, where I gave my energy. Yeah. Yeah. I can relate with that very hard. Yeah. Your background as a dancer is what? Um started with classical ballet and then I did um, a program called QDSE with the Queensland Ballet. Oh, shit. Yeah, I did that. Well, for... dude, what the hell? I want to see you do ballet. Do you have any videos? <laughs> oh, maybe from back in the day. Dude, that's crazy. Yeah, I loved it so much. Um, Leish Win Singh was my director. Oh, sick. I did one class with him and he told me specifically, he made me do a pirouette on the dawn get it for the whole class and i could never get like a double and then he told me never forget your head and then i did a triple yes on the dawn boy on the dawn triple that's and a mic I drop never moment forget that advice never forget your head he just made me spot more aggressively or something when did you do dope. that class he came to my high school once cool. i went to newtown yep Epic. We were shooting ourselves because, like, he wasn't at Queensland yet. I don't know. Nah, I think I was in like year seven. Oh, true. Yeah. Okay. So we'd like just come to Sydney. And we were like, oh my God, it's Lee Schwinson. Yeah. He's kind of like, well, he's royalty. Yeah. In he's the ballet famous, world. man. It's yeah. Sick. It was so cool. I remember the first moment he walked into the foyer because we, like, our residency was like with the Queensland Ballet. We were like kind of PPY in a way. True. It was like training yeah, to yeah. get into that, but it wasn't quite PPY because they had their own PPY thing. But yeah, we'd like train in the same building as them and like be as close as you could be to the company, like training yeah. at our age, which was really, really beautiful. And I remember him walking into the foyer like the first time. It was just such a like, it was like the first time I'd seen someone like I had really admired or looked up to in that field walk through the doors. I mean, everyone just kind of like went silent. We were like, holy fuck, this is our new director. This is so cool. Yeah. And he was really nice. And I think ballet is one of those professions that's like, you don't realize how nasty it is. So it's just so refreshing to have someone so nice. Cool. Be in that space. How was your experience with being under a company and around them all the time? Did that become like your goal? Yeah, I got a bit obsessed with it until I did a grading with them and one of the panel, like they had the Queensland, (laughs) look at me just talking shit about them. (laughs) They had the Queensland Ballet like artistic panel do our grading um, for like one of my final year 12 um, assessments to like figure out where we were going to go in a way. And I just kind of hit puberty and I went from being like this really promising 
um, ballet body to like having hips. Yeah. And they were constantly talking to me about like losing weight so I could yeah. make it. They were like, you got everything else. You just need to like not. Dude, this is so crazy. Every yeah. time I hear someone talk about this, I'm like, how can anyone actually like say those words yeah. to another person? But it crazy. sounds really normal. And it was, it's, it was so normalized. Like there was so many eating disorders in that building. It was ridiculous. Like yeah. they, just, they kind of bred it. How do you uh, cope with a comment like that without developing an eating disorder? My Do mom you? and dad, no, I didn't. Right. No, my mom and dad were so good about it. Like I'd come home and talk to them about some of the things that were said and they would just give me like a voice of reason to not be mm. like that. They're like, you, you're a woman. Like there's not much you yeah. can do about it and you've been gifted right. this fucking vessel that is going to yeah. do so many things for you. Like you don't need to be ashamed of it. And that was really nice to hear um, throughout the whole course of that thing. But the mm. one thing that the panel said to me was like, what's going on from her waist to her knees and I was like, oh, that's gross. Yeah, that's so gross. Like I just had a curvier body than other people. And right. Like within the realms of being like a ballerina at the time, I was muscly as shit. <laughs> like yeah. it was wild that that was even a comment because I was like wow. thin. True. It was crazy. So then I was like, fuck this, I'm out. And then didn't pursue it after that. Yeah. So I graduated with like so much love for what I did. Um for what it taught me but hated that so then I had a pretty gnarly injury after that and took some time off and then started training at Mad Dance House Mm -hmm. and met a bunch of really beautiful people that I still like love and I'm in touch with um that showed me like a bit more of the commercial scene and then I went to Brent Street yeehaw shout out Brent Street (laughs) (laughs) yeah well we've had that conversation I mean I guess I never keep the names of the dance schools in, but hey, Brent Street. It's a <laughs> hey, dance Brent Street. school and, and there's been a lot of people talk about Brent Street on this podcast, so we probably don't even need to. But is there anything you want to say about your full-time experience? It's one of the worst years of my life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, sick. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and so then, between then and now, mm. were you – aspiring to do anything dance related or it was like turning into a hobby or yeah I think it was really difficult to like spend so much of my life dedicated to it and then just end up like floating through what I wanted to do kind of changed heaps story of my life yeah like I feel like by now I should know yeah (laughs) but it's kind of like by now you're only just figuring it out yeah like what you even like about it and I think that's the really cool thing about having like a really gnarly lived human experience is that just drives what you want to do creatively. Like mm. I feel like my creative um, endeavors have just kind of like shifted way more away from like showy shit to really um, like intimate shows and like small creative projects and working with people that I love and like championing people that I love mm. as people and creatives first as yeah. opposed to like having the goal to like dance for somewhere big somewhere that's yeah. not here. Yeah, mm. comes back to your core values, I think, mm. for me. One Dance <laughs> held a show for you, yeah, a fundraising show. What did, What was it called? Doesn't there was a matter. workshop series that was called Collabs for Kira, but then there was a show and I think it was just self-titled. Well, anyway. It was beautiful. I went to the show and it was one of the best nights. Oh, and yeah. one of the best nights I've ever experienced in the Australian scene. Like it was wow. a real scene moment that I think could be yeah and should be reproduced more and more and more and so shout outs to I guess what Rob um, Lucy Neil yeah peanut butter jams yeah one dance collective it was a collaboration between was. PB jams and one dance yeah and it was like a variety night at Evanbow where people got up and made routines and dances and singing for you i had a moment i think when i got up to say thank you where i was like oh your speech was really good people have said that and i feel like i blacked out i don't even remember what i said that shit was tight i was thinking so much if it had been me i would just be like 
I remember <laughs> Neil being next to me and I just like kept looking at him and he was like, you're doing good. <laughs> <laughs> I was like fucking shaking and crying. It was wild. But the reason I was feeling like that is like I'm not bad at public speaking. I don't love it, but I, I feel like I'm a little bit articulate when I want to be. Mm. Um, but I just struggled to put into words the magnitude of what that event symbolized. Yeah, man. How can you? It was you? crazy. It was one of the most beautiful things. And I show it to people who don't dance and like they get emotional. Like yeah. I just talk about it and talking about it to people who weren't there. It's like impossible to put into words the energy mm. and the love and the care. But like yeah. my thing was. Whoop. Yeah. Yeah. Impossible. It was like you're being there. Like you felt it. It was like a direct energy yeah. being like. I felt like I was being given life force. Like Fully, it was crazy. Straight up. Mm. It still makes me cry. Oh, when that's I so think powerful. about um, Tiana. Tiana. Tiana so I great. Like, kept it together because I was crying a little bit here and there, but for me, I was all right. I was a mess. But then when Tiana and the fam came out, I fully lost my mind. Yeah. I was crying like a cow tiana's just born to do that and mm. her family and the way they performed was like yeah i can't put it into words the feeling that it gave me to watch her they were really giving like yeah that it was like it, it was like planned specifically for for you yeah and it seemed like they knew exactly what you needed yeah but also there was like a dude with a drum and like a mm. bunch of people. The amount of energy that yeah. especially Tiana, like, like I mean, her family are all crazy, but the energy yep. she has is like 10 people in a woman. And then they were like harvesting yeah. something in the center of themselves yep. with this guy on the drum. And then they like... Their energy centers were like in their stomachs it yeah was incredible. and then they gave it to the whole audience and the little one came out and Michael, it was like, oh my god like i was laughing i'm in love with michael so hard because i was like astounded at what i was seeing and then at the same time crying and then the other thing that i think made it so like emotional to me was just that it like really transcended the context of being like at a performance yeah. or in the sydney scene yeah. or like having it was to bigger be than anything everyone yeah fully that's it what it was bigger than it everyone was like yeah about being human she's showing up for love it yeah. wasn't even about what they performed but the reason that the whole night felt so elevated was that the intention behind it was with so much love mm. it wasn't like fear there was no stress yes. there was no like concern you weren't trying to impress anyone all you were trying mm. to do is like I actually had not much idea about what I was about to see yeah. either. Like it was all pretty like I knew what it was but the intention behind literally everything was just so hidden from me and even like to the point where my housemates had a whole performance plan that I didn't even know about and I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> like it, everything was sentimental. Everything was something that reminded them of me and for someone like myself, I feel like I'm a pretty quiet fly on the wall in a lot of situations yeah right and I feel like I don't like outwardly I don't know where I'm going with that like I don't know I feel like everyone's sentiment behind it sent me like yeah absolutely sent me I oh, was like I can't even imagine what do you mean you've seen me to this depth I I just didn't realize my connection yeah. with people was that strong and that is honestly that performance is what got me through the last leg of the whole thing yeah is knowing that people actually loved me and cared about me that deeply. Like I knew I had community, but this is like another thing entirely. Yeah. And like even the people that just showed up and didn't perform were like people that I've looked up to for a really long time. So me True. like talking and like, yeah, getting up and speaking about it was one of the hardest things I've ever done because I got up and everyone was just looking at me with love and I'm like, I'm like, don't look at me. Like, I can't handle it. Like, yeah, attention. Shit. But also, like, I think I said something about this in my little, my little ditty. It was just wild that the me that moved here admired so many people in that room and mm. continued to admire so many people in that room. And just the fact that, like, I had impacted each of them in a small or large way was just wild to me. Yeah. It was just like 
authentic like connection with people and like leading with not trying to be someone I'm not has like impacted people in different ways was fucking crazy yeah it's so sick that you can actually say that you were really responsible for that show that show was your creation in a way Mm. we just need more of that it's so everything (sighs) I've ever talked about on this show as what we need was embodied in that night yeah yeah and everyone, like I was saying to you just before, I don't think there was like much footage of it, if any at all, because mm. everyone was so that's good. focused. Yeah. <laughs> like everything was being driven towards the people that were sharing and it was yeah. very much like an exchange between Fully. the people performing and the people watching. Each had an equally important part in the night. Like yeah. to keep people present in a room. Like I took not one single photo and usually I'm like, eh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like trying to capture it, like, but capturing it, like everyone was so involved and invested and it was live streamed. So my parents got to watch it, which was so powerful. Sick. Yeah. So I don't think I've really like properly known how to say thank you for that night. But mm. if you were there, if you watched, if you performed, if you were part of it, if you tuned in online any of it like from the bottom of my heart you got me through the hardest part of my entire journey and probably like that's like when you think about core memories in your lived experience that's going to be like at the heart of my core memory is the love and the generosity and the power and like feeling seen I don't even have words to say thank you for that yeah I agree so when I started this podcast and when I talk about dance sometimes I question whether I'm like putting more importance on the power of dance than I really like truly believe Mm. and like whether I'm like we mentioned earlier that if you spend your whole life dancing it becomes like something that you have to kind of like yeah justify Throughout your life. And because you spent so much time doing it, it's like if you stop, what did you, why did you do it for so long? Yeah. But then when you see a show like that, you're like, fuck, there's nothing like the power of dance. It's like, this is what dance can do, you know? Mm. And that's, that's why it's sad. That's why I'm crying as well. I mean, I'm crying because it's happy and that dance is so spectacular and and powerful like how many people could oh, receive this experience i never i i'm that aren't oh. dancers like it's something that is really difficult to explain to people who don't dance either and anyone could have been in the audience like yeah. a non-dancer and been like holy fuck yeah <sighs> yeah it's just the ultimate gift mm-hmm. you know yeah and then it's a shame that we waste it, it takes that to get yeah to it. it's yeah. such a shame that it takes that because that could be a maybe not a weekly event but that could be a monthly event it shows that people have the capacity to be somewhere and to like drop all of what they're doing yeah and put importance on something and that's like it's so rare in our time you know i was genuinely shocked at the amount of people that showed up because I'm used to, like, we do a lot of, like, Evan Bow was, like, mm. our home for a really long time yeah. with one. And we've done a lot of um, intimate nights like that. And that sort of is kind of like a, uh, a blueprint for how we would set up um, in a way. Yeah. Depending on where, I don't know, it doesn't really matter. But it was hard. It was so special to see that people were showing up yeah. for that night that I haven't seen at our events before. Fully, yeah. And I was like, so wow, cool. we're on a radar. And it's like people are showing yeah. up for things that... And I, this yeah. is what like connects the scenes as well and like brings the people together. Mm-hmm. I just love it. I fucking love it. It's it so was really nice to see. Like I'm not heavily involved in the commercial scene, but it was really nice to see some commercial people there as well because that's not necessarily the kind of show that like they would put on Mm. if that makes sense so it's really nice and it made me think like man i wish i wish some more like of the classical scene could see this and like this is such a simple structure Mm. to Mm -hmm. recreate and like 
Oh Just man, honest. like variety shows, man. I've they're probably not what you should call them, like a medley. I, what the fuck do you call that? It's I like talent know. show style. I love that shit so much. Never oh. juggled. Yeah, never Fucking juggled. Fucking never juggled. Go off, Devin. <laughs> that made me laugh so much. Oh, such a meme. And um, Emma sang. Oh. oh, my housemates, Hannah Gordon. Hannah Sang, she yep. was sick. Hannah is a fucking angel. Dude, Hannah's angel. like straight out of the 70s now, man. Oh, right. It's so sick. She's an wow. icon. But that was that was special to me. The week before that, I or well, not the week before, but like recently before that, Hannah and I went on this like deep dive with music because we love music so much. Gordon's in a band with Jackson who played as well that night uh-huh. and I loved the three of them with my whole heart. Yeah. <laughs> and they organised that and did that without me having any knowledge. But And you live with them, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I like didn't even hear Hannah like humming or singing. Wow. It was crazy. They like... They were like, oh, we've got band practice. I was like, Hannah, why are you going to band practice? And she's like, oh, I'm just going to hang out. I was like, fair enough, because they're all mates. I didn't even think twice about it. But like the week before, I'd gone on this deep dive and I'd shown Hannah the Growlers, which is Mm -hmm. the band that they covered. Um, And that song, Going Gets Tough, I was like, the synchronicities here is so fucked. And then the lyrics that, like, it just, I've never heard the song sung like that with that much love from the people I love hit that way i was like oh like, that's too much man the, like go listen to go and gets tough by the growlers you'll see what i mean but oh. hearing my fucking soulmates sing that was <laughs> oh just the joy <laughs> also the shout outs to lorkin for like oh. doing 200 performances <laughs> back to back quick changes <laughs> so good oh Man, Lorcan was a hero. I love Lorcan. Oh, it was all so good, man. His solo made me cry. My yeah, that was freaking eyes out. Just everything was sentimental. I could talk about this for nine years. Yeah, yeah. Everything was sentimental, but he was there with me pretty much the entire or the entire journey. You heard about the the beach, like from start to finish. He was there, so having him perform that and be able to express and release creatively like for what he needed as well from his perspective this would be a fascinating story too i need to get Lorcan on the show i've been telling him that all the time it will happen yeah that's going to be a great chat is there anything you'd like to say to my nine listeners (laughs) oh damn thanks for listening to me talk shit i kind of feel like ellen degeneres being like (laughs) Be nice to people, but I think that's probably it. Well, well. <laughs> all right. <laughs> well, that we, was such a journey. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks so much for coming. And hopefully this sets me back on my wheels. Yeah, as if I was the first person you've had back in in six, six months. months. I'm so honoured. Thanks for I'm talking honored. with me. I'm honoured. It's been a pleasure. All right. Should we give it a yeehaw? Yeah. <laughs> yeehaw. Yeehaw. <laughs>